You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 462. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season two of the HBO Max series, Be Foreigners. And, uh, yeah, so three episodes to go before we got to actually make another decision, which is not our strong suit. No, we're not great at that. So, but I don't know. I mean, we... For the most part, I don't think we've we've picked wrong. You know, like I can't really think of a, a series that we got into that you know we just absolutely hated. Yeah, right. I mean, it would be nice, and you know, I mean, we're, we're happy with our community that that's been with us uh, over the past ten years, and occasionally we we get a show like dark which really just exploded not only you know for sci-fi tv rewatch but you know in the genre community so uh you know that's never been you know our main motivation like you said we pick shows that that we like that we think the listeners are going to like and you know so far we yeah like you said we we've done pretty well yeah and yeah, like you said, we, you know, I, I love the the community that we have, uh, you know, guy around us and people who chat with us on Facebook about the shows and everything. So it's a, uh, yeah. Yep. So we, I, whatever we pick, I, I am assuming. Of course, you know what, what happens when you assume. Oh yeah. But uh, I, I assume that uh, we'll we'll pick another one that uh, a show that we will enjoy and other people will enjoy, hopefully too. All right. Now, uh, a show we covered the first season, uh, Foundation, season two began filming in Prague on April 11th of 2022. And though no release date has been set yet for Apple TV Plus's adaptation of the Isaac Asimov Foundation series, series one premiered five months after filming wrapped. So maybe September of 2022, we might see season two just... You know, a guess, but you know, a lot of shows that they, they they do sort of fall into patterns that way. So you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll, we'll, that'd be we'll awesome see. if we could yeah. see it by September. That'd be great. Yeah. Now, for me, what I'm watching, I'm continuing with Banshee. I am into season four, and uh, you know, again, without giving any spoilers away, it, it really is still good uh, they're not afraid to kill off major characters which is a good thing and it's a bad thing when you really uh, grasp on to uh, characters but but the latest character that they killed off i thought oh i really like that character but now they they keep going to flashbacks to show what happened to that character so actually the actor is still in the show right and by actor i'm not designated male or female because right. i saw how you danced around that was pretty yeah, good yeah you're yeah. skillful uh so yeah really digging that and then a show that i mentioned to you as a possibility i've only seen the pilot and and uh it was brought up in the facebook group and that is outer range which on the surface seems like just you know a modern western type show and and it takes place in the west and it is a genre show. I'm not going to, you know, get into a lot of the details from from the pilot episode, but it is certainly got science fiction elements to it. Uh, whether fantasy supernatural remains to be seen, but it is pretty cool. And I can't really think of a sci-fi show that takes place 
I, I think this is like Montana, you know, in, in present day. So, right. you know, the family that we're following, at least in the pilot, is a family of ranchers. So, uh, you know, pretty cool. Uh, you know, as I, I mentioned to you, we'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait to hear if you get a chance to check out the pilot and see what you think. Um, I will check out the pilot, but not before I finish sex education. Oh, okay. What season are you on? Um, just finished season two. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, and, and they're short seasons, which is cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Eight, episodes. Like eight episodes. Yep. Yep. It's uh, very good. Uh, the the characters, I mean, the, the, the situations by and large are pretty ridiculous and not necessarily believable per se. But yet the the characters are are just great, and the kids are awesome, and um, you know they, you know some of the characters you, you know like you start off at first and you are really you know don't you're not feeling this character at all, and then it turns out that there's nuance to them, and uh, they they do a really skillful job of that. It's just great. And it's freaking hilarious, too. It's yeah, very, very funny. And, uh, you, you know, I mentioned Emma Mackey to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Death on the Nile. Well, we watched that the other night, and I'm like, oh, that was so cool to see her in something other than sex education. And she was great in Death on the Nile as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, she, yeah, she's she's really, really good. Right, so. but, like, the nuance, you, you know, like, when we find out her backstory, you know, because she just seems like this kind of, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, she's just it. like really tough and unapproachable. You think, and that like that nothing gets to her. You know, like she's right. like the really like the hard lady, right? And then you find out there's a whole other side of her, not only to her home life but her academic life as well. So yeah. Anyway, all right. What else you watching? So it's great. Um, so as I was finishing up my latest Lego build which is the Star Wars R2-D2, which is probably up there as one of the most awesome Lego builds I've done to date. I don't know if I can go past the Millennium Falcon. That was probably the best. But it was really, really fun build. And, and I, I just do a little bit of a time, so kind of like like a good book. I just want to like drag it out, you know, and kind of make it last. I don't want to do it all at one time and everything. So, so I was finishing up R2-D2 the other day because – I was the day before violently ill to my stomach for about eight hours, uh, so I was took the next day off. So I had some time in my hands, so I was building R two D two and just kind of flipping around, see what's on. And on HBO, there's a movie that you actually had recommended before called Real Steel. No, I don't think I recommended that. You sure? Yeah, I'm I positive you did. Familiar. Yeah, it's with the the boxing robots. Hugh Jackman. Nah, you definitely did. Um, All right. No, I mean, maybe I am insane. I am positive you 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 had had seen it. No, I recommend BattleBots. The <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, that's probably it. Well, anyway, you anyway. would probably like Real Steel. Okay, it is obviously you know like I mean super predictable. It's like Rocky with, you know, robots and stuff. There is nothing, there is no nuance <laughs> to this movie, but it was a very enjoyable movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman is great. Uh, just that, you put that guy in pretty much anything, I'm going to like it. 
Oh, yeah, it was uh, the, um, uh, what's her name? The uh, Kristen Stewart. No, <laughs> your other crush, the uh, Kate from Lost. Uh, uh, oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just blanking. I, I, I can't know. remember her name anymore. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Eve, such an e, uh, what, e, oh man, we're gonna have to we have to edit this out and do it. Anyway, she's in it too, and uh, and she was. I mean, I mean, she's not like necessarily the Oscar-winning actress, but uh, she she was good, good love interest for Hugh Jackman. Of course, as a a little kid, it's like you know, dad and his son reconnecting. They build this robot to you know to to go on the big tour of fighting the big robots. Or anything. So I don't know. Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly. There you go. That uh, you know, like I said, I mean, there's no, there's no surprises in this movie at all, but uh, but enjoyable, and you know, especially yeah, I, I might probably if that that's like a, a low key, you know, maybe family movie night choice. There, it's kind of a good good movie for the whole family. So, all right, well, let's get to be foreigners. Episode three of season two, titled Episode Three, uh, written once again by Ilif Skobia. Uh, and Anne Bjornstadt, directed by Jens Lien, aired originally in Europe December 12th, 2021, but not in the U.S. until January 6th of 2022. Now, in his feedback, Fred mentions that I, I think he mentions that he was surprised that we've seen the entire series. So I'm sure surprise he's surprised that you've seen the entire series yeah, right. uh, <laughs> that be absolutely but, zero surprise with me right but <laughs> uh you know I, I think he's kind of alluding to the fact that we're we're dropping hints as to what might be important moving forward and 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 obviously we're very careful about not revealing spoilers but i don't know that i think there's anything wrong with pointing out to people that haven't seen the rest of the season you know, things to pay attention to. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, maybe that is a little too over the spoiler line, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I try to, to keep as close to what I thought the, you know, just remember like what I thought the first time I watched it. Okay, sure. And what I was aware of then and not, and maybe every now and then I'll throw something out, but I, yeah, I'm not going to like make it obvious. Like, oh, here's something you should pay attention to. You know, I mean, we don't make predictions on this, or if we do make predictions, take it with a grain of salt. And we we told you out front we've already seen it, so like, it's not like we're throwing predictions out here that to like bask in the glory when they're correct later because we've seen it. You know, so you know, I mean, we're not trying to hide anything or pretend and everything. And uh, like I said, I pretty much just just try to like stick with all right what the first time i saw this what was i thinking what are things that um i didn't see coming later you know, i think of and if i if the first time i saw it if i if i was surprised by something happening later then i won't mention it but if the first time i saw it if i like kind of like thought that that might be a possibility then i might throw that out there okay so we won't say whether or not astrid's uh, pregnancy and decision about whether or not to have an abortion is important later on. <laughs> but uh, uh, you would that know, be I, Ingrid? 
uh, what did I say? Astrid. I, don't, I wrote Astrid. I don't know where that came from. I guess from uh, <laughs> still from uh, Fringe, but uh, at least I didn't call her uh, Idaho or. Right. But anyway, yeah. So I, I guess I should give our listeners enough credit that they are savvy enough viewers of television that that uh, you know they know what to focus on. So uh, yeah, yeah. But but obviously th- this is still a part of the story and they they don't spend a whole lot of time on it but certainly and we'll talk about it in a little bit uh, you know there's some you know pretty interesting things and, and i don't want to say shocking because i'm i'm not going to say i'm shocked that a male from the viking era is willing to use violence against a woman but right i i think for 20 you know, 21 sensibilities that, that is pretty, pretty frightening. So, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. For, for us, um, that's completely unacceptable. Right. Yeah. But when you put in the context of what this character is, then, well, you know, then that it, it doesn't make it acceptable, but we understand like that his reaction is, comes from his culture or whatever yeah doesn't make it right right and and, and and we see a similar situation when lars and alfreder are in london and she sleeps walk sleepwalks to his hotel room in her underwear and he you know guides her back and then the next day um he confronts her about it and she's like well uh, did we knock boots I don't think she says it that way, but uh, I think she just says she had sex. We're a clean, uh, clean podcast, and he's like, "No, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't take advantage of women like that." Why would you? Well, think I, that? I think he says like, "Why would I have done that?" She's like, "Because you're a man, right?" And then yeah. she's like, "Yeah, I think we come from different neighborhoods." <laughs> yeah, and, and it doesn't seem to bother her at all that if he had said yes, perfectly acceptable. It, well, I feel like in her mind, not in ours. I, I kind of feel like even back then, probably women got a little upset when they were, you know, sexually abused. Even even though it was more, I don't know. That's I don't know. It was more commonplace, or whatever. But you know, it's still probably an upsetting thing. So like. But yeah, I think I'm just going to stop talking. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think maybe she brushes it off that way because she doesn't have to contend with coping emotionally with the fact that he may have raped her, which of course he did not. And, right. And, and, right. Right. And, and, yeah, that gets down to it. It would have, I think even though she is kind of maybe pretend she's nonchalant about it or acts nonchalant about it, you can't help but fear it would have definitely been awkward. Right. Right. Between them. Right. But you know, Hey, she's got the, uh, a dozen eggs in her pocket, so she's good to go. Absolutely. Um, now, we've never really been able to put a number on how many foreigners there actually are, but we get that look at the you know running tally in the UK, and there are 5.3 million to date. So that's just in the UK. So we don't have a, have a sense worldwide really how many there are but that's way more than i would have thought because yeah we're only a few years into this 
at least as far as we know. I mean, judging on uh, judging by how old Ingrid is, I almost said Astrid again. Um, so you know that was you know I, I I think it's important to a certain extent because the the little bit of a look we got into London, it, it seemed as if they might have a better handle on. Um, you know, keeping their streets running more smoothly. Not that you didn't know. see. You know, yeah, okay. It, it seemed like I knew it was London right from the start, but it's like halfway through the opening sequence, I forgot because it seemed so much like Oslo. And then, like, oh no, this is London. Oh, it's almost exactly like Oslo. You know? Okay. Now, um, now, maybe to be fair, we, we get a. a more of a look at at say when Lars goes to his apartment and he goes through yeah it right. seems like he's going through these like dark back alleys and the yeah I don't even know where um, because he, clearly he's got to have enough money to have a decent apartment and when you're inside his apartment it's nice mm-hmm. so again whatever uh, the Norwegian police leaders are just freaking buffoons i don't even know what to say anymore i mean we're, we're making excuses for the the commander who seems like we said last week is only worried about public relations uh, and harold i i just don't even you know look I, I, certainly in our world certainly not all administrators are moderately competent because we've had some really good principles over the years and some good yes. assistant principles but we also know that in a lot of it's cases it's almost case. right it's almost like get them out of the classroom so they can't do any more damage right um so uh <laughs> maybe that's the case you know with the norwegian police but I, well it, you know it's also a, a an era where the challenge of policing is much greater probably than it's ever been. Yeah. Well, that's and, true. You know, the, the police are under such a spotlight all the time. So like, while yeah, like we, we, you know, her, her over what seems over concern with public relations, but then we understand that, well, in today's day and age, like, you know, Police commissioners or police chiefs, I'd, I'd say probably a majority of their job is like public relations and trying to, you know, smooth over incidents and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you're probably so. right. So maybe I shouldn't be so harsh with them. Yeah, don't be so hard on it. Okay. Um, and then the last thing, just in, in the little introductory segment, and we've had this conversation before about lars and odin and odin's visit to lars and again whether or not these are supernatural occurrences or they are hallucinations on his part because in this case it's odin that is giving lars not only the okay to use the drops but telling him it's a good thing that uh, the, these drops come straight from Mimes Well. And, and uh, Lars, of course, thinks somebody has hidden his medication. I, I assume he's hidden his own medication. So whether he is battling with, you know, you know a, a reality for him. I mean, you know, we see him. He's certainly able to work and, and work well. 
but then we see him at home. I mean, you're still going with the fact that this is supernatural rather than hallucination. No, I just I I I am leaving my I am reserving my judgment. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Um. Because you know, it just you know, like when Odin was it this week or last week that Odin grabbed his nuts. That was last week. Okay, so I mean, yeah, that could be his mind, or. Odin could really be grabbing his nuts, you know. Like, so, I, I, you know, it's it's tough to tell with this this show because when you have a show that the the basis of it is that people from the past are suddenly can be transported to the present, well, that leaves a pretty wide range of possibilities. Yeah, and the and, most likely it's in his mind. Well, but I'm just kind of open to the idea. He clearly thinks it's just in his own mind. Right. Well, and it's Odin giving him permission to use the drops. In fact, True. telling him that he needs the drops. Right. Good point. To to function uh, at a high level, you know, as a detective, and you know, while that may be true, simply because he has been conditioned to operating under the influence of the drops, we we don't know. But uh, anyway, um, certainly Alfeder's importance is ratcheted up in this episode and that opening scene where we see the adult volva remembering a scene in which as a child she takes alfeder's cross necklace from her while she's sleeping and or is still unconscious after having been saved by the viking sailors so you know again what's the importance of of that scene I mean, we know later that when she talks to uh, Olaf about the fact that, hey, I misinterpreted that vision. Yes, it's somebody that that travels both ways, but it's not Maddie. It's actually Alfeder, although I don't think she says to Olaf who it is yet. I mean, no, she just says it's someone else and we know who she's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do, of course. Um, but, but yeah, he doesn't. Someone whose light shines much brighter. So on the one hand, I like the fact that that she goes and says I was mistaken. And again, whether these are actual visions or she's just operating on the facts at hand that, okay, we know Maddie can go both ways. And apparently there's some sort of prophecy that a person that that can do this is the one that's going to unlock Olaf's power. Well, okay, whatever power that is, I mean, he seems pretty damn powerful to me at this point, at least physically, that's for sure. Um Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. But but yeah, right, there's I mean, well, he's saying Olaf, right? I mean, like right, this right. is a major major figure from uh Norwegian history, so uh yeah, there's, you know, he's 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 looking to power up. He's looking to level up. Oh, right, and, and we know the Volva still in the presence, uh, in, in the present adheres to the old faith. So when she has that flashback of young Alfeder and the, her fascination with her Christian cross, and in fact takes it from her, you know, that's relatively significant. And, and of course, we know that there there is still likely to have uh, to happen some sort of a, a battle a conflict between 
King Olaf, who obviously is fighting on the Christian side and trying to, I guess, put down the, you know, the people that are holding on to the old faith. I mean, look, we are a world in which the Christian religion has been, you know, in existence for over 2000 years. So it's not as if he has to convince the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, obviously we have other faiths, whether, you know, Judaism, Islam, whatever, but, but certainly Christianity has survived and, doesn't really need Olaf to defend it at this point. Right, exactly. That was pretty much his raison d'etre, right? I mean, that was like, that's like, that was his, that was his jam. Right. Now, pre Christianity Norway, it's like, all right, dude, you won. Right. So, what is his end game at this point? Is, is it regain my standing, as we've said over the last couple of weeks? Uh, does he really think he's going to be named King of Norway and take over in 2022? I find that hard to believe, but you never know. Does he simply want to you know, eradicate the last vestiges of the old Norse faith? That seems like a, a more reasonable goal than, than the other, but you know, I mean, at this point, we still don't know. So, um, I yeah. mean, we, we, we. And if he becomes king, he would just be a constitutional monarch. So, well, how's I, that going to sit with him, right? Yeah, well, all right, right. So, uh, scene with Alfeder and, and Lars at breakfast. And again, I mean, I don't want to say there aren't any funny scenes in Beforeners because there certainly are. And generally, they uh, take place between the two partners. But when she finds out the eggs are free and, and yeah. you see her just start stuffing her pockets with hard boiled eggs and that, that woman next to is like looking at her and she doesn't care, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we've already established, you talk about the nuance in, in, in shows and we already know that while she's paid a salary as a detective, we don't know whether she has student loans still to pay off. I mean, you know, we, we certainly know money has been an issue for her for quite a while. Well, so. like you said, I mean, she lives in a trailer, but she's got a nice car. Yeah, which you know? we still don't know whether that's a company car or what. And as I, I've yeah, said true. in the past, I, I watch a lot of international crime dramas, and the detectives in Europe generally drive pretty freaking nice cars, so whatever. <laughs> um, I, I think well, you know, as, as a person who, because of being a field hockey dad and a lacrosse dad before that, who has stayed in more than his fair share of holiday inns and stuff like that, I'll have to say that that... Uh, the free breakfast is often a tantalizing opportunity that uh, can turn regretful later. I was going to say, it's hard to not make yourself sick from eating too much. Right. You know, you so, know, you're like, oh, I got eggs. I can get sausage. And, yep. oh, I can make my own waffles. Uh, and, let me oh, take a couple pastries for later. Right. <laughs> you know, I have a bagel, too. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that never seems to be a problem for Alfeder. But. You know, he does play the faith versus science card, you know, as he tries to get her to, you know, go see, I don't want to say a real doctor, but a, but a, a, a no, modern a doctor, <laughs> yeah, a modern doctor rather than yeah. uh, a woman of the old faith. And eventually she agrees 
and we see her getting that brain scan, you know, with that cool looking helmet, which I got a great screen cap. I think I'll use that for the uh, blog post yeah, this week. That was that was probably definitely the shot of of the show when she looks at him. She's got that helmet on and everything. Yep. So whatever that looks a little bit like Peacemaker. Oh, which okay, you haven't seen yet, but no. you should. I, I think I've seen pictures though. That, yeah, because that looks familiar. But yeah, uh, she kind of. I'm like, oh, she kind of reminds me of Peacemaker a little bit in that yeah. thing. But but, but yeah. clearly, there's something going on with her brain scan. Right. That well, we don't you know. know. Fun- yeah, exactly. Because like modern science is able to tell her as much about what her problem is as the vulva was. You know, so we say real doctor, but yet they're still perplexed by her. Well, that's true, but we don't really know exactly what it is they see and what they know it to mean. We're not told anything yet at this point. So we just see that that, that one doctor calls in the, the more senior doctor. And I say that because the other guy was older. and <laughs> But they don't really tell her anything other than it doesn't seem to be the normal sleep disorder that be foreigners often experience so at, at this point that's all we know but you know i think we certainly are alerted to the fact that something got their attention on that scan and, right and, and uh, she's aware of that i mean you can see that well we mostly see it because she's got the big helmet on but yeah, right. you know she her eyes look she looks upset she certainly can see that they you know, she went there looking for answers, and she's not going to come away with answers. Right. Now, the other part of the story, Ben Joseph, the Luddites, and the Brits, and, and the way they're all interconnected. I mean, we see, you know, John Black and Precious Clark tracking one of the Luddite pigeons, and then they shoot it down. She's a pretty darn good shot with that yeah. uh, dark on it, which then begs the question, okay, you tranquilized the... the dove or the pigeon it fell an awfully long way i I actually wrote that in my notes does the bird really not die when it falls out of the sky like that oh my god because a human definitely would yeah they read the message which of course is cryptic and we have no idea what it means but you know we're, we're still trying to figure out who the good guys are, who's working with whom, and and we still don't really have a great handle on it. I mean, we, we do certainly know that Alex is working with John Black, and we assume Precious Clark as well. Um, and he, he is, uh, you know, their informant in the Norwegian police department that sends them that, that tape that we'll get to in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, just to bring up some humor that, that we could have brought up before, when Alfader and Lars are going to the airport to fly to London and, and he asks whether she's ever flown before and, and she says no. And, you know, I, I think one of my favorite scenes is, well, there were so many, to be quite honest, her, her carrying her travel chest, which yeah. she questions whether Lars is dissing her over that. And then the fact that it's her first flight yet, she asks if she can hold his hand to, you know, because clearly he doesn't like to fly. Right. Um, but, but when they're in the cab in London and you just see her looking around, it's like probably the first time she's ever been out of Norway. Yeah. Like you know, literally. Yeah. Right. I mean, in as, thousands as, of years. Right. Well, as a Viking, 
Or a thousand years. Right. I mean, as a Viking, I mean, certainly the Vikings sailed, you know, to other places. And whether she did yeah. or not, we don't know. So whether um, Tor Hun's raiding party, of which she was a part, got on boats and, and you know, sailed to, you know, to England, you know, we, we don't know any of that. But certainly it's the first time she's been out of modern Norway. And, and just to, to see her... Um, just just the excitement of, of seeing everything that, that there is to see at that point. And, and of course, they're there to work, and they're only there at probably a day or two. But, but, but still, I, w- I was pretty amazed at that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. We're constantly coming back to whether or not there's a connection between the Tunnel of Tears murder and the Whitechapel murders in England of 1888 now there is a a contemporary murder in london that um you know clark and black acknowledge that there does seem to be a connection between their murder and and yours lars but lars goes apparently too far by asking about the whitechapel murder and and i think we even mentioned this last week i don't understand why anybody is shocked that he asks that question because if King Olaf can travel from the Viking era to the present, why couldn't Jack the Ripper, who was never yeah. caught? I, uh, right, absolutely. In fact, you know, would that not be like a good historical reason why, oh, Jack the Ripper was never caught? Well, because he traveled to the 21st century. Right. And he's. Like, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It is not. And out of the, that this world type of, of idea. Right. So the fact that they basically imply fairly strongly that he's foolish for thinking that, then we have to question why they're trying to get him to believe it's foolish. So, it's, so it yeah. just seems well, like... I mean, it's just, it's, it just reeks of cover-up. Exactly, right. And yeah. he understands that as he tells Harold, I think, later. The only thing that's surprising is the fact that or or the or the main thing that I got out of all of that is that they're hiding something. Yeah. Again, whether or not Harold and and uh, the commander are going to take him at his word, I guess I would say based on what we've seen so far, probably not. And yeah. you know, will he and Alfeder go out and and you know, do it on their own? I think that's likely if it gets to that point. So um you, you know, the other thing I like is is that Alfeder's plan is adopted, you know, to to you know follow the pigeon, and that's how we'll find where Ben Joseph is and, and where the Luddite community is. And uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, I'm always up for a good SWAT team um, assault sure. on on helpless individuals. So uh, you know, <laughs> although I don't know how helpless they are, they clearly were not prepared for. Uh, a police assault team and you know poor ben joseph tried to run but he was not quick enough yeah and honestly they probably deserved it a little bit you know well i mean especially you know that scene where ben joseph and and i don't know if we have a name for the guy that's the luddite leader but you know the the comment uh he makes about women you know, talking among the, amongst themselves generally leads to trouble. And I'm like, okay, uh, all right, yeah. you know, don't get my 
hackles up, then got to consider the time period they're from. Um, so let that go. But, you know, we've talked about Alex and we see them logging in the, the things that they confiscated from the Luddite farm and determining what's important. And, and apparently the electric dildo was not important to log in. So they chucked that in the trash can. But Lars comes in and offers to help. Alex is like, no, no, we got it covered. And on the one hand, you feel bad for Lars because he's already been told uh, you're not going to question the subject. We don't really need you. Just see you. So he just wants to be useful. But then we get a pretty quick sense of why Alex shunts him away once that, you know, folder with the three women turns up again and the bald guy says well this is important and and alex is like nah i don't think so just throw that out right and and you know again it's something we've mentioned from time to time it drives me crazy about shows and and i'm i say this to my wife all the time it's like i just can't abide people doing stupid thing after stupid thing after stupid thing so fortunately the bald guy's like nah you know all i gotta do is take a picture let them sort it out if it's not important and and of course that's what he that's what he does so but it all comes back to the book you know that that we've been trying to figure out well what's so important about this book that ben joseph gave lars a few episodes back and that odin brings up uh, at least once i think maybe even twice and you know, you know that that introduction by somebody named Emil, I don't know how to say his last name, Syrian. My mission is to kill time and times to kill me in return. How comfortable one is among murderers. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure if we can make out how that's going to work within the context of the story at this point. But the important thing is that the book's author is the man that we see in the subway surveillance video john roberts yes and that black and clark who's also he should be back at the supreme court yeah right and but, uh getting control over his justices but it doesn't look like yeah. that's going to happen anytime soon yeah. and so clearly this john roberts is important because it really freaks out black and clark and um, the fact that he is some sort of theoretical physicist with uh i guess certainly he's written a book on time travel we don't know at this point but they seem pretty freaked out that he is here right and they say confirms their worst case scenario right so So what does that mean has he come from another time don't know so well um, certainly at this point now where we are suspicion of ben joseph is probably less now and now we got this guy john roberts who is now apparently you know i'd say maybe our number one suspect as uh as jack the ripper right yep um ingrid's pregnancy we mentioned a little bit early in the discussion uh gregors and marie are you know basically trying to find out what they can about the baby's father uh, and then she comes home and, and where is the away clicker? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And we learn that she's five weeks pregnant, but at this point it's still not clear whether or not she's going to have an abortion. Now her mother still wants her to Gregor's 
seems to have come around to that line of thinking, even though it's really foreign for him. And we understand that coming from the 19th century. Yes. And then, you know, we get that, that really disconcerting scene with her and the baby's father. And, and, you know, in retrospect, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, and and you know, I think even Ingrid realizes this. She wants to do what she perceives to be the right thing, and that is tell the father. On the other hand, you might say, well, if you're planning to have an abortion, does he yeah. really need to know? Right. Um, you know, and, and and there is certainly a moral aspect of that question. And in hindsight, since it went the way it went, uh, you know, it's easy to, you know, say, ah, you shouldn't have done that. But you understand why she does. I I mean, you kind of do. But on the other hand, like, I mean, his reaction is completely reason why you don't, right? Right. Like, it's her decision. He, it's not his decision at all. He doesn't have to carry the child. All he did was he had sex with her, right? Right. Sure. He, he blew a nut into her, and that that was his big contribution. So he has no say as to what uh, proceeds from 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 there. Well, honestly. right, and, and, uh, and you know, uh, Gregor's and Marie, uh, um, you know, they're, they're you know really look. This is Biden's fault. I mean, uh, Lars's fault. <laughs> and he, of course, Lars, Lars says. All I told her was it's her decision, and we know that's all he told her. Right. So, you know, when he gets to the house and and she comes down, what's that smell? The emotional turmoil made me light a pipe indoors. And, dude, you know, I tried that with my father, and he didn't buy it when I was a teenager. But Yeah? That's it, it, it did work, huh? Story for another day. Um, <laughs> and they're making it seem as like she's despondent. She won't come out of her bed. No, she comes right down. Hey, Dad, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, so that was uh, good, and and he hugs her and and says they'll sort it out. And and I think as we've said that uh, she does have a good relationship with her with her dad. Olaf turns up with a lawyer this time to uh, demand that the skull be tested for a DNA match. And and of course, as we said, it it, it certainly seem pretty obvious that this was all of a setup merely to get the skull tested and even um tor hunt right. figures that much out as he tells alfeder yeah and, and Tora is not a deep thinker so it's like does no one else see this come on yeah like you know like like the the the, the corpse turns up one day and he's basically showing up with a lawyer a couple of days later it's like come on like figure it out right so you know we get the later scene where his request has been accepted he goes in for the blood test and i forget what the nurse says he's like i've had much more severe blows than this so yeah okay because uh, we know he has he's probably got scars yeah. all over his i body. still wanted him like whimper a little bit when she put the shot <laughs> in him or something you know, like. that would have been good <laughs> um let the blood do the talking yeah which you know, I mean, that that works in so many situations, you know. I use it all the time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's all I've got. A- anything you want to bring up that we haven't talked uh, about? Well, a couple things. A fabulous 
music choice here in Burning Down the House by the Talking Heads. Oh, my heads. God. Oh, I, I had to stop it. And, the, and my wife isn't watching Be Foreigners, so, uh, but she's a huge Talking Heads fan. So, yeah. <laughs> Love oh. the Talking Heads. Oh, my God. That's, a, that's so, such yeah. a great song. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, and while we're talking about music, I forgot to mention, I was talking about sex education. So there's like the one scene where Eric uh, gets like trapped downtown and all of a sudden, what song they start playing, but Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. Oh. And I was oh. like, what? Okay. Yeah. And, and so, by Eric, you meant the doctor. The new doctor, yes. yes. Okay. Who I am convinced he's going to rock that role. Like just watching the 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 range of um, like emotions and everything that he takes on in this character in sex education, he's he's going to be great. Right. Now there's there, there's a, a story on Den of Geek presently about what what the new doctor's outfit is going to be, and <laughs> and, and you know they go back and talk about the the previous doctors and the comment that the writer made about uh, uh, Shudi Gatwa is that you go back and you look at you know his Instagram, his you know Facebook, whatever it's like every outfit he's photographed in would make an awesome doctor who outfit. So um, I don't know that anybody can truly predict what it's going to be, but yeah, we shall see. Well, I don't think he's going to dress like Eric. Uh, No, I don't (laughs) No, They went, they went the gamut where, you know, you're bringing up uh, the suit that tenant wore, but, uh, you, you know, making it a little more stylish for for him. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? Oh, just, um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, Alfieder's um, learning English. Um, again, uh, shamefully reminds me once again that while the rest of the world, you know, studies English to learn to speak that language because I have grown up speaking it, I have not really had a serious motivation to learn another language. I, I could do okay with Spanish a little bit, but so yeah, just another shame, shaming me again for as like many Americans, our lack of knowledge of other languages besides, besides the mother tongue. So, uh, but that, that scene where, um, where Lars has to leave the meeting because Ingrid calls him. And so she's sitting there and she speaks no English and they speak no Norwegian. And uh, all she can say is the one line that she has learned from her, um, like her the, the CD or the tape she's listening to is, you know, oh, it's raining outside. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it does that a lot here. <laughs> yeah, it's London. Well, you ex- of course it is. So... Um, yeah, so that was that was a good scene and everything. So I think that might be it. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Be Foreigners Season 2, Episode 3. Coming back to last week's podcast, I did understand what happened with Volva in the sense of that Alf Hilder went from present time to the Viking time and met Volva more or less there. 
But that vulva originates from the Viking time, and they both went to the present time. I just wondered what her role and involvement will be, but since you watched further, which was a bit of a disappointment, I didn't think you would uh, have seen the whole series already, but nevertheless, you announced that the vulva will have some important role in the next few episodes. Talking about the vulva, I saw these marks under her eyes and I thought, oh yeah, that's of course, they're her scars from removing her jams. And then I thought, uh, no, uh, Fred, wrong series. That's actually where Gal Dornick and her people had these jams implanted under the skin in the series foundation, resulting in more or less the same kind of marks under the eyes when removed. Okay, going into this episode of Beforeners, episode 3. Alf Hilder traveling to London with a travel chest is of course a funny thing. Offering to Lars to hold his hand and, say, and saying to him, You're not going to diss me on my travel chest too, huh? Well, obviously, and we already knew that, she's quite bright, learning English quite quickly. With the pigeons was a little confusing because they were shooting one with tranquilizer arrow. But that was in England. That was this Precious and the other guy from Scotland Yard. Uh, obviously these pigeons fly over the sea. True, not true. And within Norway. Because they also got a guy arrested in the Oslo area busy with pigeons. We also saw that some foreigners, travelers also arrived in England, uh, even 5 million, and of course you see them on the streets, just as in Oslo. That's quite a bit, 5 million on 67 millions in the UK. I didn't fully get what the Luddite guy, so at the farm, when he got a pigeon, he got some kind of pin in his hand and I didn't understand that completely was that an indication that he knew that there was tampered with the message or and actually I don't understand that tampered with the message because the message the pigeon they tranquilized was in England and they said they cannot fly over the sea so that must then be a message perhaps from the guy that when she got arrested uh, I don't completely get it so question is what is that pin was that an indication that I was tempered with the message or was it something else okay big questions are of course who is the guy in the subway and where the Scotland Yard people say this is the worst scenario is that Jack the Ripper Looks like it's the John Roberts that wrote the book that Lars has in his hand at the end of the episode. And the next question is, what do these doctors see in Alf Hiller's brain? Okay, that will be all for this time. More questions than answers. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. All right, now, you know, coming on the heels of you mentioning Alfeder's English, Fred brings it up as well. And I will just say that Alfeder is learning English rather quickly. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The pin, that's the tracking device on the pigeon. That's that. And then, of course, Fred, you know, questions whether or not, as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, whether or not John Roberts is Jack the Ripper. And at this point, he's a much better candidate than 
Ben Joseph has made. Yeah. You know, I think I, I was the one that brought that up, and and you pointed out, nah, that doesn't really work. But John Roberts, at this point, given the little bit of information that we have about him, that's it, okay. That, I mean, that's as good a possibility as we have at this point. I mean, somebody mutilated that girl in the tunnel of tears and right. it's suspiciously well, if he's not jack the ripper i mean he is someone of a lot of interest right i mean scotland yard calls it the worst case scenario so right 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 you know like he's not just some regular dude i mean there's this guy is significant right right but uh you know i think that's all i've got for fred's feedback i think we mentioned a few of the things uh, during the course of the discussion what do you want to go with a grade? I, I you know, feel. Go ahead, you go first. No, nah, I'll just kind of sit between like B, B plus, somewhere in there. Yeah, you are a tough grader, dude. No wonder really? you have so many parent complaints. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, you know maybe if I just give everyone an A, I just okay. tell them, look, just what do you want? What do you want? It's like, well, well, I, I, no, I don't want you to just give her an A. I say, well, then why are you here? <laughs> yeah, I, you know. I, you see, now you make me feel bad for wanting to go A minus. So no, let's, you go A minus. Oh, Stick okay, to your well, guns, man. All right. So I don't so. know why. I, I like. I was like trying to think. Like at the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling like maybe high B on this one, but I can't really put my finger. To, except for like, there just wasn't like a lot of like action with this one. You know, okay. a lot of stuff happened. Like there's a lot of character development and and you know, story development here, but it just wasn't like I, I agree with what you're yeah. saying. I mean, you know, it, it it's and I mentioned this I think last week or the week before, the fact that we have seen the entire season, we know what what things are significant and it doesn't seem fair to grade it up given that we know that so maybe i'll go b plus that that you know right. see, see you convince me there's no shame there's no shame in stick with the a minus okay all right all right um all right any final thoughts or are you ready to yeah, i think we're good okay all right good so three episodes to go i guess we'll have to start getting serious or at least as serious as we get when it comes to picking our next show uh, yes, that which will, is not really serious. <laughs> right. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Be Foreigners. You know, maybe some ideas you want to throw out in the Facebook group about what we might consider for the next show. Uh, check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Emails can go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about episode four of season two of the HBO Max series, Be Foreigners. But until then. Yeah, you know, like, I'm listening to what Fred, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Fred. Like, you know, we have to be careful about, like, you know, leaving, like, low-key spoilers and stuff like that. But the other thing I think about, I'm, like, thinking, isn't it a bit douchey not to say anything? 